Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Whether you're looking for a good Korean skincare or affordable and trendy jewelry, they've got you covered. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, blogger, model, and confidence queen, Achang Agutu, talks to me about learning to love herself and confidently stepping into her power. From a very young age, Achang knew all about the unwritten rules dictating how women in society should behave. But as she grew older, she discovered that existing within those confines would restrict her from a life worth living. Today, Achang confidently embraces herself fully, knowing that life is hers to live. I was tired of not feeling worthy, of not feeling happy, of not feeling loved. I was tired of hating myself. That's the bottom line. I was really tired of hating myself. And I want people to feel like that too. I want you to be so tired of not doing things that make you happy. I want you to be so tired of wasting your life trying to impress somebody that you really, you really get to a point where you start doing things for you. Hi, Confidence Queen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, boo. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited. I am so excited. Here's the thing. I, um, you appeared to me on social media, uh, you know, a couple years ago. And I was like, people like this exist in the world? Like, I just have been so enamored by you and your presence and... Um, even more so than your presence, the amount of space that you take up in the world. And I just think that it is deeply inspiring, but also incredibly authentic. And because it's so authentic, I'm really excited to get down to figuring out where did all of this come from? Uh, because I think that we'll all be able to take a lot away from that. So I just want to celebrate you. I want to honor you and welcome you to the pod, sis. I'm so pumped, y'all. So are you down to start with some icebreaker questions? Oh my God, my favorite. <laughs> oh my God. You are my <laughs> vibe. Yes. Okay. So what are some of your favorite daily affirmations? Ooh, one that I do a lot and that me and my mother say to each other. Well, she says it to me and I say it back to her because I love her. She's my best friend since 1996. But <laughs> I always say is that you're safe. You, within yourself, you're loved vibrantly and unconditionally, and you're going places because 
the world and the universe and God has plans for you. Mm. Um, I love to say, um, I love to speak things into existence like it's already happened. Mm-hmm. So I always congratulate myself at the beginning of the day for a really good, successful day. And so, for example, I would say, I am just so happy and grateful that this was the best day of my life. Ah, and those are two things I do at the beginning of the day. I try my best every morning when I do my skincare because I'm a skincare girly. Period. Me too. Me too. Gotta be. Okay. Listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be. So when I'm doing my skincare, I really take it very seriously. But those are two affirmations that I really speak into my life and just to ground myself, but also remind myself that I'm number one, that girl, mm. and that I am destined for greatness and that success is my birthright. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. It's that for me. Success is our birthright. I say that often. I love that you just even said that because it's so true. Happiness is also our birthright. Happiness, peace, Mm. clear skin, Mm. clear checks, Mm. um, (laughs) enjoyment, love, good, pure, healthy love. Yes, it's our birthright. It's our birthright. It It is. I love that. Yes. Okay, so my last icebreaker for you is, from your perspective, what would this chapter of your life be called? Okay, so you just caught me at the best time of my life because I'm about to turn 27 mm-hmm. in about, like, six days. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like I'm moving from, like, a very, like, young impressionable version of myself yes um to like a very just like grounded black woman mm-hmm. i feel like i've learned a lot about myself i feel like i've learned a lot about life and love and and and, and success and happiness and religion and spirituality and i feel so grounded so i would call this i don't know i would call this the grounded era. I don't know if that mm, makes the sense. The grounded I, era. It does. The grounded era because I feel so grounded in myself and I feel like I've done so much to get myself to here. I've done so much work and I feel so grounded. I, I feel so stable. Mm. I, I feel so in tune to myself. So it's a grounded era, honey. It's I grounded, love that. It's a grounded tour. Yes. Okay. Buy a ticket. I'm front row, okay? What I'm hearing is that it sounds like what you're saying is that you know yourself. 
Yeah. Like you've 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 learned yourself, you've 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 grown within yourself and you love yourself and you're really excited about what this next um you know journey into 27 is going to be. I remember 27 was a very pivotal year in my life. Period. A lot changed. It all changed really in a lot of ways. Like a lot of things that I had been working toward, whether it was when I was in college or in or throughout my early 20s. When I turned 27, it kind of all converged at once. And it was really, really beautiful. I look back at that season of my life and it it set the foundation for everything that I'm doing today at 35. So I'm excited for you. No, I love that. I feel like me and my dad have been talking a lot about this like new season of my life. Mm. And um, you know, I'm the only... Um, I'm the youngest. I'm the only girl in my family. And so to my 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 parents, I'm just a small little baby. Yeah, I know. Little baby. I know. And so, you know, we've been talking a lot about me turning 27 and 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 what that means for me and what that means for them. And like really being like for <laughs> the last like you know, the last six years, we've been like, oh my God, you're just a 26-year-old teenager. You're just a baby. You know? Yeah. And and now it's like, girl, like the, you're moving into your own, you're you're stepping into your power like more and and really being like be really trusting in yourself. And I think that's just like really exciting for me and really I feel like it's an important age for me, to be honest. Like it is. is. I'm is, telling is, you, 27 was pivotal. I'm I'm here to tell you. It's set everything you're saying, it's very clear to me that you're setting the foundation for the rest of your life. And I'm so excited to see yeah. where, I mean, where you are at 30. Or, you know, like that's I'm just so so because the 30s are the 30s are 30ing, but it, I'm excited for you, but enjoy your twenties. <laughs> enjoy your twenties, sis. Enjoy, enjoy we're here. that. <laughs> we're here. We're here. We're here. Yes. Yes. Well, that's actually the perfect transition because I want to ask you, and I want to make sure I'm saying this right. Um, Kasumu, Kasumu, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, okay, I thought I said it right. So, what did Kasumu Kenya give you? Ooh, it gave me a lot. Mm. Um, there was, I, I think I would like categorize it into two different parts of my life. Okay. Um, I would say the very first half of of what Kisumu gave me was it it, it let me know what society wanted me to do. Mm. You can't be loud. You can't say this. You can't wear this. You can't do this. You can't be this person. That is what the very first half of Kisumu gave me. Um, and and for the people who are wondering, like Kisumu is where I was born and raised. It's in the western part of Kenya. It's on Lake Victoria, gorgeous space. If you ever want somewhere gorgeous and romantic and beautiful to go, please go to Kisumu um, and hit up my parents because they'll treat you to a good time. Can't wait. Uh, period. <laughs> um, but it gave me a lot of restrictions on who I could and couldn't be in society. Mm. And the latter half of, of my time in Kisumu gave me a lot of freedom and, and a lot of opportunity to just explore who I was. And that was only, you know, 10, two years, a very latter half, like two years. I had moved to an, an international school with people who were like from all over the world um, and, and like really experiencing the way other people think about life and, and women and, and living and happiness and, and art and culture and, and food, like all of these things, like really experiencing that with people from all over the world. So the last two years that I was at home in Kisumu, it gave me a little taste of freedom, like 
I could explore myself in this way. I could do this. I could be this person. I can talk about what I want and all these and all these things. And so I think it was, I, I can definitely say it was divided in two places. Like the first la- the first half was like telling me, girl, this is who you need to be. And this is what society needs you to be. And if you're mm-hmm. not that, we can't stand with that. You're not the right person. You're not a woman. You're not this. You're not African, all these things. And the latter half of it just kind of like, let me know that like, girl, yeah, it's okay. You're on the right path and it's okay to explore these things and sort of like just be who you are. So even though society um, was was kind of telling you what was acceptable or who you should be or whatever, mm-hmm. what were your own personal dreams and goals when you were a young woman growing up in Kenya? I just have always wanted to be a star. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've I've Mm. always wanted to be a star. And and my parents have told me so many stories of like when I was younger and the things I did and, you know, like the way I was like voicing myself and all these things were like, you were just not the typical (laughs) like super conservative, you know, Seventh-day Adventist Kenyan Luo girl that we wanted you to be like you wanted to do this and you wanted to do that and like they tell me this story all the time of like one time they went to the market and it was just like a few months after I'd like learned how to walk and apparently that day they had put me in like my Sunday best her and you know <laughs> I, I had known since the womb what good things look like and taste like and and feel like you know I, I know I know what a good experience is yes so they took me to the market and I was my Sunday best and they had me walking and I was walking like really strutting and strutting it <laughs> and then this lady who was selling like greens on on the on on the side of the road said hey nyadundo which nyadundo means hey you know like okay girl okay kind of kind of like, giving get like, it, okay, girl. Like, get get it, it girl get it girl yes and then I I looked at her and I said and I kept on walking. And, <laughs> you know, my parents were like, uh-uh, this, this baby, this girl, you know? And I think from then, that's just kind of like how my personality, like, started growing, regardless of the fact that, like, I was also growing up in a, in a, in a very conservative family, mm. in a very conservative community. Like, I really had to really kind of, like, make myself smaller, yeah. you know, for... for um, to be to be seen as feminine, mm. to be seen as a woman, to be seen as as, as a respectable woman. You know, I really yeah. had to down myself down, and and so it was kind of like, you know, like a little mix of both, you mm-hmm. know, a little mix of, of back and forth. And I think finally, like when when I went to this international school and when I left, you know, to come to the U.S. Um, like that really like just blossomed, you know, I've always been this person. I've always this person been this person. I've just not had the platform in, in terms of platform, like the space for myself to be of course. who I am. Yeah. You know, I've not had the capacity to mm-hmm. be who I truly am. Like I really think through, from the womb, this is who I was. You, you know? are who you are. It's so <laughs> yeah, true. Like my so mom, true. it's funny, like the story you shared, my my it's a similar story. We were at the grocery store. Uh, I don't know if I was with both of my parents or or my mom, but she was talking about how um I was young, probably like maybe preschoolish. 
And I would just run up to all the kids. Like, you know, I would see other kids from whether I knew them from school or just other kids that I knew were my age. And I would go up to them and say like, hi, Billy, like I'm Ashley. So nice to meet you. And like, you know, the kids would be gripping their mother's legs and being so <laughs> fearful and afraid. But like, I've always loved connecting with people. I always loved talking to people. I always loved getting to know people. Um, mm -hmm. But especially at a young age, typically kids aren't as friendly or they're a little bit more wary yeah. or they're shy or whatever. I never had any of that. So much so that my mom, she was like, I would feel bad for you because I would think these kids are like ignoring my baby and oh, hugging, no. you know, <laughs> you know, turning their heads and holding their mom's legs. She's like, but it never bothered you. You just would keep on trying until you found someone else that did want to talk to you. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't surprise me now that I'm an actor and have a podcast. Of course I do, because it doesn't surprise me that you're the confidence queen when you were walking down the street at 13 months old and people were like, <laughs> wait a minute, who is this little baby? Of course. So yeah. I do believe you are who you are. And it's, it is, you know, sometimes it's environmental, sometimes it's circumstantial, but some of us just don't get the chance to explore who we were always meant to be. And I'm really happy that you did. And I'm happy that I have. And, and something to say about that, something I preach about on my page till this day is, is I am trying to make sure people who didn't have that opportunity have that opportunity now. Mm -hmm. Because even though I felt like I, I had that confidence and, you know, and, and people around me really nurtured me and helped me to get to where I'm at today. There was a lot of, 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 of societal norms and, and things happening around me that made me feel like you, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't shave your hair. You look like this. You can't do this. You can't be loud. You can't be this. You can't, you can't slap your stomach on the internet and tell the girls to wear whatever dress they <laughs> want, you know, you know, things like that. And there's a lot of things like, that hold people down. Mm -hmm. There was a point in my life, and, and I think that that's what help, has helped me kind of like have a pivotal moment in my life today is that I was realizing that I was wasting life. Mm. One thing my father tells me till this day is don't spend your time wasting your life. Life is too precious for that. And, and I was wasting my life trying to fit in to, to, to society's beauty standards. I was wasting my life trying to fit into what other people will deem as acceptable and, and beautiful and, and, and intelligent and all these things when I could just be doing me because we have one tantalizing life on this, on this earth. So why should I spend it trying to make somebody else happy? Because mm. those other people, regardless of what they tell you, are still going to live their lives. They're going to do them. And they're going to leave you here feeling like you need to be this person and do this thing and eat this thing and speak like this and work here so that you can be deemed acceptable in society. I was so tired of that. I was tired of not feeling worthy, of not feeling happy, of not feeling loved. I was tired of hating myself. Mm. That's the bottom line. I was really tired of hating myself. And I feel like I want people to feel like that too. I want you to be so tired of not doing things that make you happy. I want you to be so tired of wasting your life trying to impress somebody that you really, you really get to a point where you start doing things for you. Mm. 
you know? Yes. It's, it's so important. It is. Life is like your dad said, life is too precious. It's too yeah. precious. And, and life is yours to live. It's Period. yours. So it like is. what we're both saying is like, own it. Own it. Whatever it is, it's yours. So own it. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. I just had a conversation with my friend, um, one of my closest friends, Nia, last night. We were just kind of like, we were talking about how when we were younger, uh, we used to just deprive ourselves of a lot of stuff. Like, we're not eating carbs today. We're doing a cleanse. We're pescatarian. We're going to do a challenge where we're working out seven days, just just, just stuff. And the truth is we had to be honest with ourselves about why we were doing it. We were doing it to conform. We were doing it because maybe we thought we would look better. It would help us get more acting jobs. It would, we would slim down. We would this, we would that. And looking back, I'm like, I just was depriving myself of eating French fries for what? Like, literally. Uh, I just wasn't, I was trying to fit into a size, whatever, for what? Like, if I look back and I'm kind of like, I had to admit to myself that I did waste some of those years just not enjoying my life. If I'm restricting myself of something every other day for no real reason, then I'm, then I'm missing out on just the joy of like, doing what I feel like doing that day. And that is a joy that at 35, I have perspective that is very important. I don't want to look back and I'm happy that you have that perspective at 27. Like the earlier you get it, the better. But I want everyone at a point in their life to understand, don't deprive yourself of things haphazardly. Enjoy your life. Really like, I really feel that. I really feel that. And I feel like, I remember this like, a year ago, I was like trying to go on a juice cleanse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Why was you trying to go on a juice cleanse? Because like my girls were like, oh my God, we need like detox and exactly. all these things so we mm-hmm. can feel better than that, you know? <laughs> Girl, I was halfway through the day saying like, why am I hungry? Why am I stressing myself? Why am I stressing myself? This is a little, this is a little bit like morbid, but me and my mom talk about this ev- like quite a few times. Because like, just like in society and all these things they're like oh my god you need to lose weight and all these things and she was like god forbid if the last thing i eat is a salad (laughs) (laughs) i'll be pissed god forbid if the last thing i drink i'm eating that day is juice Mm, mm -mm. you know yeah yeah that's real it really is because like that i was looking i had an out-of-body experience me drinking that juice trying to (laughs) detox myself i was like 
Be so for real. <laughs> you need some sustenance. You need some <laughs> nourishment, baby. <laughs> Okay, it's okay. No, it's real. You know, it's okay. It's it's okay, and I think life is really worth living. And I think once you get to a point where you're like, ah, I can really live for myself. I can really live for myself. And if you have to, 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 you know, kind of conform yourself into something so somebody can accept you so a society mm. can accept you so somebody can love you then you're in the wrong place yes. go where you're loved go where you're appreciated you don't have to do a, a detox which I'm not gonna lie I'm gonna be honest girly okay okay I'm gonna be honest I was like I should do a, a, a juice detox because this guy I was seeing at the time am I seeing him now I'm not <laughs> the guy I, I was seeing at that time said like oh we should do a juice detox together I was like I was doing juice detox with him that juice was not juicing baby mm. I was I was like if I do not get some sort of nourishment in my body in the next hour I'm turning into a raging B-I-T-C-H because I we need food to live you need you need you know how can you live a full life on an empty stomach kind of vibe, you know? You can't. You can't. You can't. And so, like, when it comes to that, like, you just, you can't, you can't live life for anyone. You can't live life for everybody. And it takes a lot of unlearning and an undoing, but you have to do the work to get to a spot, like a space and a spot of happiness because I truly believe there's a sweet spot where you can do you and live life and find happiness and find peace and not, be worried about people or opinions mm -hmm. or all that. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to stick a pin in that because I think that's, I want to go back to that. But before we go there, I want to ask you, what did Richmond, Indiana give you? And what <laughs> oh. was that? I, I, one, I want to know, what was, what did it give you? But also talk to me about the real feelings you had leaving your home and coming to America. I was honestly very excited. Mm -hmm. I was honestly very excited. I was just like ready to get away from feeling like I had to perform mm -hmm. um, for for people and, and feeling like I had to be some kind of version of myself for my family for uh, and friends for them to be like, oh yeah, you are a, a good Kenyan woman. I was really excited to just be somewhere else where in my head, I really thought I could be myself. And uh, not going to lie, you know, it was hard. It was hard to be here. It was a lot of culture shock, a lot of just not understanding how people live here. And, you know, something I, I continue to remember is my very first winter here, I got really sick. And I was living here with a host family who are still my host family now and really good family friends of ours. I visit them a lot. And um, I got sick and I just remember like, um, they, when I was sick, they would like come in and like pop in and check in on me, but like leave and all those things. But like, I was so used to like, when I was sick, your mom just like, being my on mom, you. I knew you. I, yeah, knew. I knew this is what you were going to say. I knew it. Yeah, like yeah. Aunt, she didn't care what sickness mm -hmm. you're with. Like she was just on, she was there. What have you eaten? She was in the room. Everybody was in the mm -hmm. room with me. Just kind of like making sure I'm good. I'm taking care of, my, of, of you. Like I remember on times when I was sick, like they would bring the mattress from my room to the living room. So mm -hmm. I could 
sleep in the living rooms when everybody was there. Like, so everybody could like have eyes on me. Wow. And this was until, until I was 16. And so it was just, you know, strange to like now be like left in this room alone to kind of like just feel this sickness by myself, you know, like things mm. like that, like that were shocking or like, I remember like the food and I remember I would always ask my, my host mom, I was like, are we going to eat real food tonight? And she'd be like, what do you mean by that? Because we'd like have sandwiches and stuff. And like to me in my, <laughs> you know, in my country, like yeah. that's not like a meal, like that's a snack or something. Like that's what you're having for like four o'clock tea or 10 a.m. tea. <laughs> and so like that would be like the dinner and be like, are we going to eat real food? <laughs> yeah. so just things like that or like getting adjusted to the cold. So just like that and being homesick and like missing my parents and all that. So that was really tough. But Richmond, Indiana, um, it really made me feel like I really want to see more representation. Mm-hmm. I really, that's what it gave me in my life. I think I was tired of like going to school and feeling like, you know, I was the only like black um, African woman there who was, you know, this and that and this and that. And it was just like how I saw nobody who looked like me, yeah. like especially in like spaces of like, in magazines or or in media and all those things, like the only person until probably I was like in college in like 2013 or 20, no, no, 2014, 2015, when Lupita Nyong'o mm-hmm. like earned her um, Oscar award. That's when I was like, oh, that woman who is from my country, but like is so far away from me. That's the only representation I have. Mm. Like that was just a wake up call for me. I think that for me was like, I need to do something. Like I'm tired of waiting for somebody to like come and give the inspiration and motivation for like more women who look like me and talk like me to occupy spaces of of power. Like, why can't it just be me? Yeah. Why can't it just be you? Okay. So how did we get there? I want to know, like going back to what you were talking about, like that sweet spot, when did that sweet spot emerge from you? And you realized that like, it's kind of what I was hearing is that it kind of was like, I want to know this, the moment when that little girl who you said this was always inside of you, but throughout the years, you kind of had to suppress it and you mm-hmm. kind of had to push it down and, and conform uh, and perform. What was the sweet spot when you said, you know what, I'm just going to fully be me and see what comes of this? Sore. <laughs> <laughs> It was in 2017. I was I was dating this guy who I thought was the love of my life. Okay. And um, I was doing the same thing. I was confirming to the person he wanted me to be. And um, he wanted this very, like, submissive, subtle, quiet African girl mm-hmm. um, who was just there t- t- to... To be there for him. Mm-hmm. And um, in that in that year, we had, you know, ended our relationship. And I think that was like very traumatic for me. And I had, I felt like my identity was so tied to this man that I didn't know who I was. Because mm-hmm. I was doing all these things for the sake of him. And as I was trying to heal through this like process, um, I was like not taking care of myself as much and all these things. And um, it got to a point where I was like, honestly about to lose my life. Like I was not taking care of myself. I was not eating. Mm. I was not doing all these things. And it was like a wake up call of like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're about to literally lose your life for somebody who does not care about you. Mm. And 
it was also just kind of like a wake up call from like my friends at that point who were like, you can't do this. You can't lose your, your life with this. Like you need to wake up. You need to get back to your energy. Like, you know who you are. You need to get back to your queen energy and whatever yeah. that looks like, let's figure it out. Whatever that looks like will help you. And so it was a lot of therapy, a lot of trying to figure to find myself and, and, and like kind of like unravel this onion of like me trying to cover myself by uh, with, with the things that I thought people needed me to be or mm-hmm. wanted me to be. And, and so it took a lot of that unraveling. And I think that sweet spot was when I was literally about to lose my life because I wanted to be somebody for someone and not myself. Oof. Mm. And 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 I <sighs> that was the wake up, like snap out of it, like be like like wake up, like like mm. do something, like actually like like touch yourself, pinch yourself. You're here, you're human, you're 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 living, you have blood moving through your veins every day, you're you're breathing, like do something. You can't be this person for other people. You have to be this person for yourself. And and you know, it was it was just kind of like waking up from that. And being like, I'm so over, mm-hmm. I'm so tired. It's so exhausting to be somebody who you're not. It's uh, so exhausting. The most exhausting yeah. and the most unrewarding experience of your life. So, oh, it's not cute. It's not gorgeous. It's not sexy. I hate it. I so, hate it. Okay. So you woke up one day and were like, this is ridiculous. Yes. I'm going to lose my life. This is not the life that I want to live. And so... I guess on the other side of that, how did you then kind of create a career out of being yeah. someone who is one of the most positive, beautiful people on the planet? Um, so fun thing, I had been telling this to this guy I was dating. I was telling him that I really want to start a blog called No oh, Ordinary Noir. Got it. And I, got and it. I wanna I wanna talk about like my affinity for life and 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 travel and fashion and all these things. And he was like, that just doesn't seem like it's going to work out. Like, that's mm-hmm. so dumb. That's so stupid. Like, don't do it. And so I didn't do it. But then when I got out of it, when my girlfriends were like, babe, you got to do something to get you back to your energy. I was like, yo, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Let me start it. So I started my blog in um, the fall of 2017. No mm. Noir. And I was posting my my affinity for life and happiness and, and, and food and, and travel and all these things, like just really putting it out there. And at that point, like Instagram was also popping off. So my girls were like, babe, like we see Instagram is popping off. You take what you're doing here and do the same exact thing on Instagram and just like grow from there. And I just did it because like, I was like, I just want to share this part of myself with the world. I felt like I was hiding it for so long, but like, this is my vibrance. This is who I am. This is my voice. Like, listen to it. I really want to share my story. And so I was doing that um, for a while and, and it was ups and downs, you know, like with social media, things happen and um, the pandemic came mm-hmm. and um, I was back home and I went back to, to, my host parents house in Indiana and that was actually really fun and special um but you know I was like in a point in my life then when I was also really actively trying to heal myself like very intentionally being like I'm going to therapy to try and 
really love myself, to know that I'm worthy, to um, try and find some confidence within myself. And so I was doing that and also feeling like I wanted more community apart from like the four people who are in my my house at that point, you know, in our house. Like, I just didn't want to be telling them every day, like, this is what I learned in therapy. This is what I did. Like, I needed more people. So I was like, you know what? F it. I'm just going to like post it on my socials, on Instagram. And hopefully I'll find a community of people or the community I already have who would connect with what I'm saying and what I'm mm-hmm. doing. And that's kind of just when it took off. Like a lot of people were like, thank you so much for saying that. Like, I really needed to hear that. Thank you so much for like even dancing on your, on your stories today or posting that video or saying that to me, like that meant a lot to me. And I was also in a point where I was like looking for some kind of purpose on my life in my life, because at that point I was in grad school. I was like, should I go to corporate America? Like I wasn't feeling it. I was like, I don't like it here, but mm-hmm. I really love that I can be on social media and like really make some sort of difference with somebody. And like, that is really special for me. And um, it kind of just took up from there. And um, wow. Yeah. And then, so tell me about when you became a model. I want to hear that story. So um, last year in December, Mm-hmm. November, December, I had reached out to my team and said, like, I really want to go into modeling. I really think I could kill it. Like, let's figure it out. So they set up um, a few different meetings with me and a few different agencies. I ended up at Ford and had a really great time. And I thought I was going to get signed, but like a few things just didn't work out. The person who was going to sign me had left. And the person now who took over the curve model sector was, you know, basically told my team, like, we just don't think a Ching is going to work out for us. Like, we just don't think we can kind of like sell her as a model. Mm. And I was mm. honestly so devastated. Yeah. I was so devastated. I was like, I really wanted this. I was like, Ford, it's an amazing agency and all these things. And I had a call with my manager and she said, baby girl, trust me, we're going to make something else work because this is not the end of your career. Like Mm -hmm. you'll still want to be a model, whatever you're going to do, whatever you want, but this don't let this like bring you down all those things. I said, okay, cool. Great. I'm trusting in the process. I'm trusting in my, my work, my ethic, all these things. Like I've got this. Probably the same month that I submitted for Ford, I I submitted for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit, the swim search. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, whatever, I'm just going to submit. This is something I've always wanted to do. I'm going to submit. It was a long process. But long story short is that my manager was like, you know what? If Ford didn't say yes to you, you know who's going to say yes to you? Sports Illustrated. And I can't wait until you're in that magazine. I was like, period. Let's do that. I submitted. A few months later, I got um, like um, shortlisted for like the finalists. A few weeks later, we got into like the last like kind of finalist section of like whatever this Sports Illustrated um, swimsuit um, cover, whatever was going to be. I walked the show, which was really fabulous in Miami, Miami Swim Week. Go look at my Instagram, my TikTok. I ate that. I ate the girls. You ate. I've seen it. Yep. You ate ate the girls. You did. And then just a few weeks ago, I got selected as Sports Illustrated Rookie for 2024. Yes! And my manager is like, as soon as that, um, uh, the issue is printed mm-hmm. and all these things, mm-hmm. I'm going to go outside the Ford, um, Ford models, Ford management um, offices. I'm delivering the, it to them personally. Yes! Thank I you. Love this. You can take this. 
and I'm going with my friends so we can plaster a picture of me on their office um, door. So thank you so much because um, something I truly believe in and my father always tells me is that rejection is redirection. Mm. It hurts right now and it sucks and it, you really wanted it and it's fine. Because, But the thing you have to understand is that it's redirecting you to exactly where you need to be around the people you need to be around doing exactly what you know you're supposed to be doing so if i really had put myself down about ford not accepting me and then mm. not being like oh why am i doing this like really putting myself down and not having like kind of like steered my way to sports illustrated girl we, we would have never had a black bald kenyan african plus size model tantalizing queen queen extraordinaire baddie in the issue of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit 2024 issue. Thank you. Well, what I love about this story is that you're right. It was a redirection, but it also put it into your own hands. You would have been waiting on Ford to be like sending you auditions or meetings or whatever. And you said, you know what? I'm going to submit myself to Sports mm -hmm. Illustrated. And look, she's a rookie now, everybody. She is a rookie. She is providing representation on such a high level. And I just love that you took the story into your own hands. And that is the most inspiring part of it all. And I'm deeply inspired because I've never said this aloud to anybody except for my husband. But like... Uh I want to model too. I think I could do it. I want to add could. it. I recently was like, I would, and it's for, but it's because I want to provide more representation like you. I want women that look like us to walk by billboards or whatever and see more women who look like us that they can say, look, mommy, that woman looks like me. And so I don't know what that looks like. I don't, I got to call my team and see what that looks like too. I, I definitely don't, you know, see myself you know, walking all the runways all all the day long. But I definitely can see myself providing representation in the modeling space. And I don't know what that looks like for you. It was like pivoting to Sports Illustrated and now you're going to have a booming modeling career. But I am happy to say it aloud that I think it's a pillar I want to add to my career as well. And I think I could do it. I really think you can because if not you, then who? Exactly. now, then when? But also, there is women who are actually really waiting for somebody who looks like you and talks like you and has the same life experiences mm -hmm. like you to be that person. There is a future version of you who's waiting for you to step up and be that person. Because, baby girl, you can do it. You can mm -hmm. do it. Don't be, don't be like, oh, this and this. Just do it, baby. Just you do it. Just try. You What's there to Just lose? Try. What is literally there to lose? Because you're really that girl. You're gorgeous. You're beautiful. You're successful. Yes. You're talented. You're intelligent. You've got the vibe. You've got the resource. Like, why not you, baby? Why I'm not me? I'm waiting for you at the door. I'm going to keep you posted, sis. Well, okay. <laughs> so tell me, what has been your takeaway from our conversation today? I love black women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love black women so much. Um, my takeaway has just been like, I love hearing people's stories. I love hearing mm -hmm. people's stories. And it's so important for me to say my story, for you to say your story, for other people to know that it's important to say who you are, be who you are, say like, just really live in your essence, like stand mm. on it, stand on you and stand in your power. And, and that's just how I feel. Yes. And 
my other takeaways that we're hanging out. Yes. Well, I'm going to hit you when I come to New York for sure. My takeaway is the reminder that if not me, then who? (gasps) And also like, again, this like modeling thing kind of recently came into my spirit. And so I think it's no surprise that God then put me in front of you and you in front of me to hear your testimony and your story and to inspire me, you know, and to, and to show me like, look, your sis did it. She did it. Why can't you? And to also remember that like taking things into your own hands a lot of times is the best way and it's the most rewarding way. And I cannot wait to celebrate and see what God has in store for you. So I thank you. I honor you. I am so proud of you. And I'm just so just grateful that someone as wonderful as you exist and that they're in my orbit. Truly. Um, I wish you all the best. Oh my God. It's going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I, I really am. That. You're a wonderful you so woman. Much. I really means a lot. And um, I'm only just inspired by women like you, you know, you, you, you ran so we could walk so we could mm. crawl. So, so I just really appreciate women like you who are trailblazing in, in, in spaces like this. Like you're really killing it, girl. You're really Thank eating you, it. Sis. And, and um, thank you just for reminding us of our power and, and mm. for holding spaces like this for us to just come and talk and connect and, 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 and be, be the queens that we are. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sis. Thank you. Thank you thank for you. your time. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Our managing producer is Fatima Al-Swiffy. Shanice Tindall is our lead producer. Associate producer is Mona Hassan. Jordan Thompson is our marketing coordinator. This episode was mixed by Trin Lightburn. Michelle Baker is our video editor. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you did, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you hear the next one. At Delta, we know Mike and HC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.